That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to a signature victory for the Denver Nuggets over the Boston Celtics on Sunday evening. Happy New Year. It was January 1st as we turn the page to 2023 and the Nuggets get the new year started off uh, in terrific fashion over, uh, by record, the best team in the NBA. And by a lot of the advanced metrics, uh, one of the best uh, offenses that we've seen in recent memory, they actually uh, took a step back uh, in a couple regards after this game uh, and have slowed down a little bit. But the final score was 123-111. to This is... um, Noteworthy for a couple different reasons. You know, first of all, just maintaining your standing as the number one seed in the Western Conference, coming off a really, really good win on Friday night against the Miami Heat at home. Uh, that was one twenty four one nineteen. Uh, so the Nuggets have been playing very, very good basketball outside of that one loss in Sacramento, which was the second night of back to back in Sacramento. Um, you know, you're looking at a team that for the last call it, I don't know, two and a half to three weeks is playing really, really well and finding different ways to win. Um, And on a Sunday night, uh, the 123-111 victory over Boston, uh, it was a a bit of a a redemption game. And you you remember back to earlier in the season, that was like, um, I think, the first real litmus test game for Denver, if, if my memory serves. Um, it was about the 12th game of the season, and the Nuggets went to Boston and absolutely got drilled, 131 to 112. And my memory, uh, if it serves the right way, it really wasn't even that close. I mean, the, the Nuggets had won four in a row and six of seven coming into that game. The Celtics were totally up for it. It was a Friday night. And they got destroyed. I think that game was on ESPN, in fact, if I remember it the right way. Um, They got absolutely destroyed. And I remember that was like, you know, definitely a humbling game where it was just like, holy crap, this is a team that was in the NBA Finals a year ago. This is a team that uh, has gone places where the Nuggets really hope to be this year. And uh, Tatum went nuts that night. Um, went for like 34, 35 points. Brown was really good too. Um, that was the game where um, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan had the really ugly moment that went viral where Peyton Pritchard, you know, stole it out of his hands and, you know, made the layup after, you know, uh, Jordan just looked like he was like high or something. He had no idea what was going on. Um, so this was a bit of a, hey, you're on our turf game and we, we, uh, this is going to be an overcorrection on what happened uh, earlier this season in the month of, um, well, that was early November at the time. So they get full payback, and Nikola Jokic, let's just start there, was absolutely brilliant. I mean, this guy continues to raise the bar. This is a guy who is now firmly in the MVP race. We talked a little bit about that on the most previous episode last week. 
But Jokic goes for 30 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, had a steal, didn't turn it over one time. He missed three total shots, made both of the threes that he took, didn't miss a free throw, and Nikola Jokic just continues to just redefine his own greatness. And this is coming off of of a Friday night win over the Heat where he was yet another triple-double, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. So as much as, um, and you don't want to take credit away from anyone, of course, but as much as you know, Luka's going absolutely nuts and stealing the headlines, I think Jokic, especially these past two games, um, kind of flying under the radar with back-to-back triple-doubles, uh, at least from the you know national perspective uh, anyway. But he was just great, man. Like, you could look at that first quarter against the Celtics and, you know, make an instructional, instructional video um, about three-level scoring. Just in the first 12 minutes of the game. I mean, Jokic totally came out on a mission. You saw him um, make a three in that first quarter. You saw him make a floater in that uh, first quarter from, you know, like 10, 11 feet out. You saw him have an and one in the low post over uh, Al Horford. I mean, he he was on full display uh, in terms of three-level scoring. And he was just so stinking fun to watch and so damn uh, efficient. Um, like, don't blink when he's out there. Don't blink. I mean, he could be throwing a highlight reel lob to um, Aaron Gordon, which he did again last night off a, you know, a, a, a screen, a would-be screen at, like, the right elbow. Aaron Gordon once again slips it, uh, just almost like he's reading Jokic's mind. Jokic puts up the alley-oop. It's a reverse slam uh, for one of the slam dunk leaders in the NBA, who, by the way, was, I thought, just great again in, in Aaron Gordon. Um, he was uh, about 50% from the field, finishes with 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, had that block, uh, I think it was on Marcus Smart there, and Gordon finishes with a plus 23 when he was out there on the floor. That is fantastic for, um, I don't want to call it a, a renaissance year, um, um, because that would be dismissive of, of his earlier career, but this one right here that we're watching uh, Aaron Gordon in 2022-2023 is unequivocally the best basketball he has played in his life. You're seeing a determination. You're seeing a night-to-night um, uh, just effort. Like a lot of this stuff, you know, these NBA seasons are just, they're, they're, they're absolute marathons. And so to bring it every night from an intestinal fortitude standpoint, um, on top of just sheer producing, like this guy just is just flat out freaking producing, averaging over 17 points a game, close to seven rebounds a game, over two assists a game, while shooting 60% from the floor, which is one of the best marks in the league for someone who plays as much and gets a, a, up as many shots as Gordon, especially from a non-center position to be you know shooting 60% from the field. It's just it's fantastic. It's it's a treasure to watch him and Yoke. We've talked about it. Um, as articulately as possible for a couple of years now, but in particular this this year, it feels like every time we're coming on here and recording this podcast, uh, we're trying to reshape and reframe the synergy between Jokic and Gordon, and it is just it's it's maybe my favorite part of uh, this Nuggets season so far. Um, I thought Bruce Brown was flat out fantastic on Sunday evening. Uh, in 30 minutes, he goes for 21 points. He was 8 of 14 from the field, 
four for six from three. It's getting buttery for Bruce Brown from the outside. Um, you see him just making plays. I mean, in transition, making untimely cuts with Nikola Jokic, which he had benefited from multiple times on Sunday evening. He had a buzzer-beating um, drive at the end of a shot clock in in a possession in the second half where things were getting a little bit tighter. Um, so I just can't say enough about uh, Bruce Brown, uh, a guy who is you know from Boston, obviously played you know his college basketball at Miami, uh, but from the Boston area. Gets a little bit, you know, gets a little bit up for this one. Um, and I just thought he was great. And on heels of a Friday night where, you know, he made multiple threes, was, you know, hyper-efficient from the floor against Miami to follow that performance up with really one of his best offensive performances of the season. Um, that was a season high for him. You got to go back to that Golden State game early, very early in the season where he was starting in place of Jamal Murray. It was the first night of a back to back. Same setup as um, a Sunday evening to Monday. And at the time of recording, guys, it's Monday afternoon, about 1 30 in the afternoon. I actually came into work. Uh, there's like three people here, uh, but wanted to, to record this podcast and react to. Um, this signature win over the Celtics. But if you remember earlier in the season, I think it was like the, the second game of the year. Uh, the first, um, it wasn't the, uh, it was their second road game of the year because they opened up with Utah. They played Golden State, then opened up at home on a Saturday against Oklahoma City. This was the Friday night before that. And Bruce Brown was put in the starting role. He was fantastic. He was 8 of 10, scored 20 points. Since then, he had not gotten back up to the 20-point mark. And, and, and no one's expecting Bruce Brown to be you know, getting to the 20-point mark regularly. But there he was on Sunday evening, um, making eight field goals, uh, just like he did in the Golden State game a couple months uh, earlier. Uh, he was just really, really good um, on a night where they needed him without Jamal Murray, resting for that first night of a back-to-back as they, they travel to, the Nuggets travel to uh, Minnesota uh, in a few hours here on Monday night. Um, so, which I don't actually feel very good about at all, uh, in fact, but, uh, Bruce Brown, tip of the cap, kudos. He was great on Sunday night in that signature win over the Celtics. And he was a big part of the reason why he really was, um, Michael Porter Jr. Love seeing him make shots. I thought he was, um, solid, uh, on Sunday evening and Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, you know, uh, in 30 minutes, wasn't, you know, some all world player, Really, his all-world performance came on Friday night against the Miami Heat, where he was perfect with a capital P from the floor. Seven for seven, four for four uh, from three, two for two from the free throw line with a pair of rebounds, pair of assists, um, and he finished with 20 points in one of his best performances uh, of the year. I thought KCP was just splendid um, on Friday night against Miami. So he's got some goodwill uh, built up for sure. And then Bones Highland was the other story of this game on Sunday evening for me. You know, Bones is, um, and we've been we've been um, talking about this in earnest since the preseason in debates that I got into coming into the year and what should we expect from Bones. And, you know, I just try to reemphasize this is a very young basketball player who is going to make mistakes. And I thought, um, oh, my gosh, uh, I, um, it was Chris Marlowe on the broadcast on Sunday evening. That said, uh, with Bones, sometimes it's like a Clint Eastwood movie. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I thought that was so perfect because Bones will do something that just makes Michael Malone want to tear your take his, tear whatever hair he's got left out. Uh, and even you at home as, as a Nuggets fan, 
Um, it's like, oh my gosh, how you know? Why are you trying to be flashy in this moment? Or this is you know the wrong time to take this shot. It doesn't come in the you know flow of the offense, and there's you know 15 seconds left in the shot clock. Like, what are you thinking there in transition? Like, he comes with all this stuff, but at the same time, man, um, he is who he is, and you need to let him grow through some of this stuff. Um, how about the left-handed reverse pivot there in that first half at the end of the shot clock? Uh, and I, I forget who is uh, uh, defending him, uh, to be quite honest. But he does a reverse pivot from outside the lane and throws it up there with his left hand, and it goes in. It's like it's kind of one of these like, oh my god, what are you thinking? Okay, it went in. Never do that again, <laughs> type of thing. Um, I mean, how about him at the end? But how about Bones at the end of the third quarter, knifing to two, knifing through two and three defenders to get all the way to the bucket to finish a layup at the buzzer at the end of the third that really propelled him and the Nuggets into the fourth. And it was it was right at the beginning of the, of the fourth quarter where he has a step-back three. Uh, Bones did on Hauser, who was just a little bit late on the closeout, bottoms, and then two possession later, uh, he hits another three with Marcus Smart you know, playing defense, and that three put the Nuggets up 18. And it just felt like because of who you know the Celtics to be, um, and that offense can be so explosive. You know, every one of those shots in that second half to keep the Celtics at bay just mattered in a really big way. Um, and so you give you give Bones a ton of credit. He was actually um, uh, another sequence that Bones was a big part of was the beneficiary of the Christian Brown rundown from behind. Uh, on Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter, where the Nuggets or the uh, Celtics rather are trying to mount this comeback, um, Tatum's in the open court with I think it was, gosh, I'm forgetting who the other Nugget was. It might have been. Uh, uh, see now I'm forgetting. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and and, and make it up. But um, Tatum thought he was one on one in the open floor. And if you watch this game, you remember it is a signature part of the game because Christian Brown just gives maximum effort in coming from behind and poking the ball away from Tatum. This is the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, It's getting tighter. Temperature's turning up a little bit. Uh, Celtics fans in ball arena were vocal. And and Brown, you know, got that ball from behind and uh, uh, got the possession back. It goes the other way, and it's a bones three uh, to go back up 13, I think it was at the moment, in transition. That was a massive sequence. In that game, I mean, if Tatum finishes that in transition, you're talking about it's 11-point game, the momentum's flipping. Um, so I, th- I just thought that was massive, and good for Christian Brown, man. I th- just continue to be a huge fan of that guy. Um, you know, played 25 minutes, took one shot, literally. That, I mean, so I just, that guy needs to play, needs to play a ton. Um, we don't see it every single night, but I thought he was a big part of, of the Nuggets win, and the box score won't really um, reflect that. Um, so all that really good stuff. And by the way, you know, this this has been on my mind. I don't know if I've ever talked about it uh, here on the podcast, but growing up as a basketball player on the East coast, there is no code word for, Hey, you have a defender behind you. And growing up, I would say things like behind you or watch your back, you know, stuff like that. That takes a lot of time to actually say when split seconds matter, like in that Christian Brown, Jason Tatum play. That's like, think about it. Watch your back. That's three different syllables to get all that out in real time. 
And then moving to Colorado and playing basketball out here, there is a definitive code word, um, and it's wolf. Wolf. Wolf is one syllable. You say it out here. It's just embedded and interwoven within the basketball culture in Colorado. I can't emphasize the stark difference. That is not a thing. I had no frame of reference to that word, and it took like three or four times for me to hear it for the first time and just ask someone. And I just, our country is so freaking big that I could be playing basketball every single day for, you know, 17, 18 straight years, literally, maybe five out of seven days on average for, you know, a decade and a half. And for me, never to hear that key word, that is so resourceful. Um, here in in Colorado, and I don't know if that's I don't know if that's out on the West Coast. Too. I I have no idea, um, but that's just like a fun little like little basketball uh, story. And when the light bulb clicked off for me, I'm, or clicked on for me, I'm like, wait, yeah, why doesn't why doesn't the entire basketball community do that? I I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Um, all right, what else here? Um, I think that's about it from reaction from the game. The Nuggets are going to play here. Oh, I have one more note. Um, of Latko Chanchar, I thought he made a meaningful impact on Sunday evening. And Chanchar's been getting some chances here um, more recently in the last, call it, month. Um, he had a lot of DMPs, coaches' decision uh, throughout his just Nuggets career. And I've talked about um, him on the floor. My eyes have told me, historically, he is not ready to play. Um, he just seems tight. Um, doesn't seem fluid. It always seems sort of um, uh, just a little bit disjointed, I, I guess. Um, and you're seeing that guy become a little bit more comfortable with more opportunity. Like, go figure, right? Like, who amongst us as basketball players is just, it's very rare to just say, hey, um, you're going to sit for an hour straight in real time, and now I need you to go in there and make a positive impact at the highest level in the best league in the world. Like, that's really tough. And we've seen Chanchar, you know, um, playing for his home country and, you know, Eurobasket and these things. And he's one of the main players and he just looks great because he's comfortable. He's fluid. He's got the lather. And I'm seeing a guy who's becoming more comfortable in his role as a nugget. And like I said, I thought he impacted the game in a meaningful way. Knocked down a couple threes, um, just made a, a, a couple of glue guy plays out there. Um, that it was encouraging, and and you, he scores eight points in 17 minutes. He was three for four uh, from the field. Two of those three made baskets were threes, and one in the first half, one in the second half. And I just thought that was really encouraging for a guy that um, historically doesn't give me a lot to write home about. Um, and not that you know Sunday evening's game against the Celtics is any sort of referendum on him. Um, I, I thought it was very very encouraging, uh, and it was good to see. It was good to see. So uh, we'll leave it there uh, for now. The Nuggets tonight. Now, this this podcast isn't going to have tremendous shelf life or anything, um, but I hope it was worth your while. Uh, Monday evening, the team plays in Minnesota uh, at a 6 o'clock start time. Don't feel great about that game. The back-to-back nature, traveling, getting in late. Now you're going to reintegrate Jamal and switching up some roles. This is one of these NBA scheduling things where I just don't have a great feeling about it. Um, hope the Nuggets can get it done Um and uh, we'll, we will react to it. Uh, following the game uh, tonight, the Nuggets next play against the Clippers on Thursday at home, Friday against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, the Lakers on Monday, 
followed by the Phoenix Suns So uh, that following Wednesday. So really interesting set of games here once you get through this one away game, a four-game homestand against some really interesting opponents, the Clippers, the Cavs, the Lakers, and the Suns. So should be a really fun like week and a half of Nuggets basketball, and hopefully they um, – give uh, the hometown fans something to cheer about. So happy new year, everyone. Thank you for being here. Shout out to Superbook, our sponsor on this podcast. Guys, please tell a friend, rate, uh, rate this thing. Uh, if you think it gets, should get five stars, make sure that's the way uh, that you you know press your thumb. Uh, it's truly the most organic way to grow this podcast. And this has been a pet project of mine for uh, going on a half a decade here. So regardless of how long you have spent listening to me talk about Nuggets basketball uh, on this pod, I appreciate you. Uh, and maybe you can help me out push this thing even uh, further uh, forward in 2023. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Happy New Year. And whatever happens in Minnesota uh, on Monday evening uh, and a little bit later in the week against the Clippers, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.